0: welcome to another podcast sermon last time we chatted we said you can heal where you have hurt i hope that that has been a blessing to you and i hope you've spent some time thinking about that because the places where we've hurt the most are the places that we can bring healing See, you can't lead where you haven't followed you can't lead where you yourself have not had breakthrough before in the areas that you have faced and you have understood you know if you've gone through grief you can help somebody else through grief. If you've been married, you can help someone else who is going through challenges in marriage. If you have children, you can help someone else facing those challenges. In other words, if you are not married, you can't give marriage advice. If you do not have children, you can't give advice about how to raise children. So in the areas that you have heard, is the areas that you can heal, is the areas that you can bring healing to other people. Another important thing that... spoke about is that you don't stop when you are tired you stop when you are done you don't stop when you are finished you stop when you are done jesus did not did not stop when he was tired he stopped when he was finished When we go through our day, when we go through, get back into our routines again, you know, as things steal our time and fight for our time and fight for our attention, and as we go through our day, we find that we're fighting this constant battle for our time and we're trying to redeem our time in the wrong way. And we're trying to quieten all the things that we need to attend to that are equally important. You see, our jobs are not the most important thing. And that's what we've come to realize during this lockdown is that there are other important things that we have been ignoring before lockdown. And lockdown has just made us realize how important all aspects of life Is so the most important thing is to continually uh, maintain your time, continually give time to the things that are most dear and most important to you, and don't leave your family with the last bit of your time and the last ends of your time, Jesus needed to go to a mountain. He encountered many, many challenges in between, many people pulling on him emotionally, people pulling on him left, right, and center. He had lost a family member. He was emotionally distraught, yet he found himself in a place where he could minister peace to those who were hurting. He could minister to those when he needed ministry. He could pray for those when he needed prayer. He could... He could give a kind word when he needed kind words. And that's what ministry is. And that's what the Bible is. And that's who Jesus is. Ministry is giving when you need it. Ministry is helping when you need help. Ministry is healing when you are hurting. And so I hope that it's been an encouragement to you. You know, Jesus was all the time moved by compassion. He wasn't moved by his feelings. He wasn't moved by his circumstances. As we read through the Word and as we've been studying, you can see that Jesus did not always have perfect circumstances. When his disciples went through different challenges, he always told them, you're not going to have perfect circumstances. You're not always going to be in a boat without a storm. Sometimes you're going to be in a boat with a storm. Sometimes you're going to be in a boat and the waves and the wind are going to toss in and all kinds of things are going to try and stop you and that's life life has turbulence life has storms and we need to learn how to overcome those storms and we need how to work and move with god um, as those things are trying to stop us we need to learn how to overcome through the power of god's word now today we want to go back to matthew chapter 7 uh, and we want to look at that so pause get your bible get your notepad and we want to look at verse 28 it says when jesus had finished saying these things the crowds were astonished at his teaching, because he was teaching like one who had authority, and not like their scribes. Now we know that that word "authority" there is the word "exousia," and we looked at it last week. Now it's very important to to note here that Jesus taught as one with authority, and not like the scribes. and And all all the time, over and over again, as we read through the Word, when Jesus taught, people were astounded and people were amazed at his wisdom and and his ability and his his. Uh, just his ability to speak the word and explain the word and expound on the word and use real everyday examples not just that he was able to take the word to people's situation and that's what we need to do that's what we as a church are realizing we need to do more than ever before we need to take the word to people we need to break down the word in such a way that it applies exactly to the person we are speaking to in other words if somebody is cold give them a blanket if somebody is hungry give them food in other words don't give people scriptures they don't need don't just teach people things for teaching people things sake teach people what they need to hear. And here it says that these they were scribes, man. They were Sadducees. They were, they were Pharisees. These folks were religious leaders of the day. They were the ones who knew everything about everything. They did not have Google in the day. They had Pharisees. They had Sadducees. They had scribes. Who needed Google? You had these folks to tell you everything you ever needed to know. And so people, whenever they needed information, they didn't need to go to the library. They went to the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Now... These folks knew everything about everything. And here we see Jesus, a very simple man, a carpenter's son, no incredible extravagance around him. And when he taught, he taught in such a way that it showed up the main people of the day. Because Jesus was not just trying to be smart. He was not trying to outsmart and outwit. He was trying to be real, he was trying to be compassionate and when we can get to the place where we get over ourselves and when we can get to the place where we get over the fact that uh you know we're trying to be better than the world and we're trying to do all that we're trying to be real we're not trying to be better we're trying to be real you understand so we need to express this word with the wisdom that that God wants us to express it with but you know you can't have you can't have life if you don't have running water. We heard this many times before, you know, you can't, don't drink from stagnant pools, drink from streams that are flowing, drink from freshness. And when you are drinking from freshness, then you will produce freshness. You can't produce what you don't have. Nothing that's in you can come out if it's not inside. You can't have anything come out that's not on the inside. You can't have love come out if love is not on the inside. You can't have compassion come out if compassion is not on the inside. Jesus being moved with compassion. He was moved with compassion because compassion was on the inside of him. So we need, to, we, need to, we need to move in compassion in this time. We need, to, we need to have a heart for people. We need to have a heart for the kingdom of God. We need to realize that lockdown is not just about us and our, our, our being uncomfortable and our fear and our worries. There's a whole world out there. There's a whole world out there. Corona almost took out the entire world. Guess what? There's going to be, it might have been Corona in the world, but there's going to be something that's going to end the world. Now the gift of life is Jesus Christ. The gift of Jesus Christ is eternal life. And we need to get compassionate about this message. Now, exousia, right? Jesus taught with exousia. And that's just also reminding us, as we said last time, talking about mental strength. Now, Your body, as 1 John tells us, 1 John 2 tells us, as your mind is strong, so your body will be strong. Beloved, I pray that you prosper in all things, even as your soul prospers. You can't prosper in all things and in your body if your soul is not prospering. You can't improve your life if your thoughts are not improving. You understand? So you need to work at your thought life. You need to work at having time in your thoughts. You see, one of the things about being harassed in our thoughts is it harasses us and makes us feel as if we don't have time for anything else. And that is the enemy's number one tactic, is to harass us mentally that we feel like we don't have time. So in that situation where we're dealing with, instead of being patient with the other person we're dealing with, we lose our patience because we feel like we don't have time. You always have time. You always have time because God is on your side. Amen. You always have time because God is on your side. Now, in in Matthew chapter 23 and verse 1, it says, then Jesus spoke to the crowds and to his disciples. The scribes and the Pharisees are seated in the chair of Moses. Therefore, do whatever they tell you and observe it, but don't do what they do because they don't practice what they teach. They don't practice what they teach. And this is where we are right now. This is what we are talking about. We are talking about you cannot be strong in your body if you are not strong in your mind. You cannot change your mind if you don't get into God's word. You understand? You can try and you can, you can say that you are, you are a parrot, like how a parrot would do it, just rhyme words and just recite words, but until it gets into your spirit, amen, until it gets into your spirit, the Word of God has got to get into your spirit. Now, one of the things that we've learned and one of the keys that we've learned in the past is, how do you change your thoughts? Well, one of the first ways that you change your thoughts is by saying, Because you interrupt thoughts when you speak. You see, your mind cannot continue as long as you are speaking. Now, this is important when you understand it scripturally, because when you speak the word of God, you are sowing seeds back into your mind. You are sowing seeds back into your spirit. And from your spirit, it comes up into your mind and it brings a renewed mind. And that's how you renew your mind. You renew your mind from your spirit, from the things coming up out of your spirit, out of a good heart comes forth good water, comes forth good springs, comes forth good things. Amen. So you got to put, put the good things in. Proverbs chapter 4 says, hide the word of God in our hearts, because out of our heart comes forth the abundance of life. Okay, so if you want to make the water good, you got to make the heart good. you got to make the center good. you got to make the source good. So how do you make the source good? By putting the Word of God inside of our heart. When we hide the Word of God inside of our heart, when we get understanding, and it's not just about just reading the Bible, it's about getting understanding, because the Bible also says that the Word that was stolen is the Word that was not understood. So we need to understand the Word. It's not just about reciting the Bible. It's about understanding the Bible. Amen? It's not just about quoting scriptures, it's about understanding what you are quoting. When Jesus cast out demons, the Bible says he cast out those demons with the power of God, the exousia of God. He didn't just cast them out just because he recited something. He cast the the, the devils out, he cast the sickness out, he cast diseases out. Not only because he was reciting, but because he believed in his heart and because he believed in his mind. Amen. It's you got to believe in your mind. You got to believe in your spirit first, but you got to get your thoughts in your mind to line up with what God God's word says. That's why Jesus said to them, "Oh ye of little faith," when they couldn't uh, cross over, when they couldn't walk on the water, when they couldn't help the young boy who had a demon on the inside of him. That uh, the father brought and told Jesus, "Your disciples couldn't even cast out this demon." And Jesus said to them, "Oh ye of little faith, you could have had faith just as a mustard seed." Why Why? Must Seed because the word needs to be sown, faith needs to be sown, but very importantly, understanding needs to be sown. If you are if you are sowing the word, if whatever you are doing and whatever the mechanics may be, that's not the most important thing. The mechanics is not the most important thing. What's important is the understanding aspect. So if you are if you are spending time in the word without understanding then that's not going to get into your spirit. If you are quoting the word without understanding, that's not going to get into your spirit. If you are confessing without understanding, that's not going to get into, into your spirit. So you need to get understanding. You need to spend time in the word. And that takes time. It doesn't just happen overnight. It happens over time. Now here, Jesus is saying to them in Matthew chapter 23 Look at these scribes. They don't practice what they teach. Folks, one of the number one reasons why the church looks insignificant one of the major reasons why people are not looking toward the church for, for for the things that they want is because if we are going to be like everyone else, preaching a whole bunch of things and having a whole bunch of things that we say that we don't do, then nobody wants to hear what we have to say. You see, if we are going to say to people that God wants to give you a good life then you need to be practicing that good life. If you're going to say to people that God wants to give you good health, then you need to be practicing that good health. And what we need to do is we need to understand that we need to stop making excuses. We need to get down to the place where we realize that the power in our life, the power of God in our life is the Word of God. But alongside that, there's power when we are uh, people who are following it Practically doing what the word of God says. Jesus was saying, Look at these scribes and look at these folks. They're teaching everybody things that they themselves are not doing. We do not want to be those kind of people. We don't want to be people who are saying a whole bunch of stuff that we are not doing. We need to do what we say. We need to do what we say. When the Bible says we need to love, we need to love. When the Bible says we need to forgive, we need to forgive. When the Bible says we need to be moved with compassion, we need to be moved with compassion when the bible says lay hands on the sick and they will recover we need to lay hands on the sick and they will recover when the bible tells us to go and look for the lost and seek them out and bring them to the lord and make disciples in his name then we need to do it when it says we need to go to the uttermost parts of the world then we need to do it we need to be people who are doers of the word and not hearers only it is the most uh it's the most important life to have is to be a hero and not a doer. We need to be doers of the word of God. More than just doing the right things and looking right as a Christian. We don't just want to be Christians who look holy. More, more importantly, more importantly, is that we need to be Christians who are exercising our authority. Authority And exercising our authority, not just only for our own lives and for our own gain, but exercising authority, the exousia of God, the, the, the physical strength, the spiritual strength, firstly, with along, because you are spiritually strong, the physical strength that comes with it and the mental strength that comes with that as well. Amen. See, your body, you can't be physically strong if you are not mentally strong and you can't be mentally strong strong if you are not spiritually strong. Folks, we've been given a golden opportunity right now and more than ever before, you see, we need to realize the opportunity that we have right now is golden and it's precious. We can we can say as a church, ah, oh, we, we don't have this or we don't have that, and we're not not we're not in a big city and we don't have flashing lights or we don't have all of these things. But do you know what? All of the churches with the best equipment and the best setup and the best auditoriums and the best of the best and the best whatever, guess what? All those churches' doors are closed right now. So what does that mean? The doors of the buildings are closed but the church is very much alive and open so what we need to see is that we've been given a golden opportunity and you know a week back or, or, or a little over that i'm not too sure but um, i asked that you know you should phone five people make five make contact with five people on on your phone get to speak to people you haven't spoke to since lockdown and folks in this time the people who have not contacted you and the people who have not sent you messages guess what they're not in your circle. And this is the reality, and this is what we have to get used to. The people who haven't sent us messages, haven't called us, haven't even bothered about us, it just simply means they're not connected to you the way you thought you were connected to them. Now, on the converse of that, I'm asking us to remind ourselves if we are not connecting with the people that we say we're connected to, then they have every reason to believe the same thing about us, that we are not connected to them, and that we don't care for them, and that we don't love them. So what I'm asking you is to remind yourself and, and, and to get involved with people. Church can be more powerful than ever before because church should be happening. Don't wait for an ordination service before you start making church happen. Don't wait for somebody to tell you to do it. You need to be phoning people. You need to be encouraging people. You need to be having video calls with people, conferencing with people, encouraging them about God, encouraging them about the word. You need to be moved with that compassion. You need to operate in that exousia, that mental strength. That comes from spiritual strength. Amen. Be doers of the word. We need to point people out to the way that they need to go. And that will be the difference between us and and, and the religious world. And that will be the difference between us and the world. You see, the world is saying a lot of things right now. But the church needs to stand up because the church needs to bring the life part Of the things that we are saying. We bring the life. We don't just bring things to say. It's not just about saying things. It's about bringing the life of God. Amen. It's about bringing the life of God. You know, you don't have to preach a sermon for somebody to be saved. St. Francis said, preach the gospel at all times. And when necessary, use words. Amen. When necessary, use words. We've gotten so used to thinking that the gospel is the preaching. The gospel is the doing. And this is what Jesus was so passionate about. And this is what made him angry with what the Pharisees and the Sadducees were doing. Because they just got caught up in talking and having long conversations and and having long all these things. Just discussions. But the gospel is the action. It's the power of God. Let me close with this quote from Billy Graham. He said, the test of a preacher is that his congregation goes away saying, not what a lovely sermon, but I will do something. The most important thing about us preaching and us trying to get all of this important stuff out to you is not that we can be heard or that we have something to do or so that we can seem important. The most important thing is that the church of God gets moving Amen. It's not just about what what a lovely sermon, oh, that was so moving, that was so inspiring, that was so motivating. It's not about that. It's about a call to action. Will we do something? Folks, it is time for us, all of us, to do something. It is time for us to to walk in our purpose and walk in that call and function as God has ordained us to function. And when we do that, heaven will open up. We will see all of the things that we desire, all of the things that we have need of. We will see those things come to pass. Stop worrying about what is taken care of. Start getting focused on what is not taken care of. The hands and the feet of God. God needs that. God needs us to be the hands and the feet of the gospel. But the rest of the stuff is taken care of. Let us not put so much emphasis and energy into the things that God has already taken care of. Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow has its own worries. Don't worry about those things. Take care of the real gospel. And that is a call to action. Will we do something? God bless you. Until next time.